Our work at KEHI matters, not only to impact the lives of our retail partners and suppliers, but to make a difference in our families, our communities, and even the world. Hello, my name is Adrienne Binder, and I'm your host for Fruit of Your Labor, a KEHI podcast. We aspire to update you on what's happening at KEHI and inspire you with the amazing stories of how you are working to make lives better. Enjoy the episode. KEHI Cares has partnered with Compassion International for the past six years. Our partnership is twofold. First, employees sponsor children to provide nutrition, education, and health support, as well as build relationships through writing letters. Second, the foundation financially supports 11 child development centers in Honduras and one in Guatemala. And that is where we're going to dive into today. So I'd like to welcome two partners from Compassion to the podcast today. Jeannie Wilkinson, Director of Corporate and Foundation Relations, and Silas Balraj, Senior Principal Program Advisor. Jeannie and Silas, welcome. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Thank you for the privilege and the honor of of having this conversation with you guys. So to get us started off, Silas, could you tell us a little bit about what is Compassion International? Compassion International is a holistic child development organization that partners with local churches to help release children from poverty in Jesus' name. When we say that, we become child advocates and we are actually connecting a compassionate people who have a heart for the future and transformation of children. And we connect this passion and heart with children who live in extreme poverty so that they are released from what we call as holistic child development, which focuses on economic, social, physical, and cognitive poverty. And how long have you worked with this organization? I just finished 20 years with Compassion International. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And Jeannie, let's jump to you really quickly. Um, How long have you been with Compassion and what's your role? Yes, I just celebrated. April 29th was 10 years. So it's just been such an honor and a privilege to work with this organization. And my role, I was brought in to develop um, corporate and business and foundation partnerships. So it gives a path for organizations to express their heart for children through the Ministry of Compassion. So yeah, and Kehi was one of my first, I will say, um, uh, far extending relationship, reaching into a country actually, and really impacting significant change within that country. So yeah, that's what I do. Awesome. So Kehi Cares supports several compassion child development centers in Honduras, uh, as well as one that one in Guatemala. Silas, can you tell us more about the mission of these CDCs? Yes, a CDC for us, which is a child development center, is where we have our programs implemented. In other words, it's a hub. All our programs are serviced from a CDC. And, you know, Compassion's model is we work in partnership with the local church. In other words, the church establishes and owns the local CDC. 
Now, there are two parts of my answer, if I can just bring you in. There's a, there is a focus, a predominant focus of what the CDC does is that it is committed to holistic child development while fighting extreme poverty. So that's the focus, but it is played out through three major streams of work, if I may say that. Uh, the, the center primarily actually creates a very stable and a nurturing environment where children experience God's love, number one. They are also accepting what the service of true child development means in tangible ways. When I use the word tangible, you know, we can be theoretical, but how do you first touch before you express? And that's where the CDC comes in. It's not just a concept. It is practically lived out for years to come. The other area that the CDC focuses upon is developing of our children individually, individually. And that's a key factor in Compassion's ministry. We look at every child holistically, mind, body, soul, spirit. And then the last part of it, I would say, is the CDC actually is the hub which prioritizes safety and security of our children in our programs. This is so very crucial in what we do. We want children to come and be safe and enjoy who they are and have a place to know that no matter what's happening around them, they are safe in a center that truly cares for them, that just doesn't speak about it, but is there to reach out, touch, love, protect, and walk with them through the life journey. So how do the CDCs do that? Or what do they provide the children that they serve? For us, our, our focus is for the CDC to start by what we call in our ministry as every child to be known, loved, and protected. So that's that whole start, if I would say, of the CDC. Under those guidelines, the CDC actually provides contextualized. Um, none of our programs are cookie cutters. It is contextualized in the context of the child. In other words, we take a global program and we localize it at the place where the child lives in that context. And they use what we call as age-graded curriculum because we want them to be serving the children through a set path consistently. It's just not one of a kind. There is a consistent journey. And this curriculum is actually based on what we call as outcomes. And the reason why we have this outcome is because we want to know how our children are doing. We want them to be led towards a clear focus of transformation, a journey of transformation. And as I already said, this, the core areas, the holistic areas, physical, uh, cognitive, social, economic areas are also some of those areas that we focus upon. And one of the things the CDC does is as these are implemented, it is constantly measured. We get good data out of it. We make data-informed decisions. And then giving that target of the outcome at that particular focus we want to have, through learning, churches make a realignment and they also choose the right interventions. And just to give a sample, Adrian, some of the things we do is we would want for our children to choose good, healthy practices. We want for our children to be physically healthy and we also want them to have the motivation to learn and grow and have new skills. In another area, we also want them to have skills that will prepare them for the world that they go out of once they graduate from the program. And one of the things the, the, the CDC does is so unique because where we, our programs are predominantly in extreme poverty is how do you let these children know that there is hope? And when there is hope, how do they grow? And when they grow and exit the program or graduate from the program, we want them to be able to have good, healthy interaction 
live a life in a compassionate way. Be a transformation agent of what you have received. You break the cycle of poverty. You start a new chapter. So those are some of the outcomes we work towards. We are not saying that it's going to be perfect in all cases, but our program has been gifted to the CDC to let the child be drawn into it and in her, his context, be transformational and journey towards a clear outcome. Silas, you just mentioned that these CDCs are generally located in areas of extreme poverty. Jeannie, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the areas where these CDCs are that KEHI supports. Yes, I'd be glad to. So KEHI supports, as we've been talking, uh, 12 child development centers. And so 11 are in Honduras and one is in Guatemala. The 11 in Honduras are located in four departments. You have the Cortez Department, which is in the north. And then in the middle part of Honduras, you have the Comiagua Department and Francisco Morazan Department. And then in the south, you have Choluteca. So the 11 are located in those four departments. And as Silas was talking about this, each of the child development centers face their own unique challenges in their context of poverty. So for instance, up in Cortez, there's a city called San Pedro Sula. Their context is gang violence and alcoholism and abusive situations. So the church and the child development centers show up in that context to serve the children and families that are facing those extraordinary challenges. And then in the center part, whether you're in Francisco Morazan or Comiagua, those are more urban versus rural, and those have a completely different context. It might be unemployment or education or, you know, troubled marriages. And then in the southern part, Choluteca, the primary challenges that the child development centers Uh, face are around medical treatment, providing good medical care for the children there, as well as unemployment. So, you know, the church is uniquely equipped to understand their context and how to show up programmatically to serve the children so they're known, loved, and protected and help the families come alongside and be healthy whole and nurturing to those children. And then in Guatemala, the one center, I'm going to probably not pronounce this right. It's located in a mountainous area. It's called Totonicapan. And the unemployment is more than 50% there. So you can imagine, you know, the extreme nature of poverty what those children are doing just to survive, what those families are doing just to survive. And so again, the church stands in the gap for those kids and their families, however they need to be served so they can flourish. I think that says a lot about compassion as an organization that when you enter into these places with a CDC, you take the time and the care to learn about the area, identify what the needs are, and then tailor your program to help in the best way possible instead of walking in with a blanket one size fits all and trying to, you know, fit a square peg in a round hole with the centers. 
Yes, absolutely. And that, again, is why we work through the Indigenous Church. Nobody knows that community better than the pastor who is at that church. The pastor is uniquely equipped because he lives among the poor, he serves the poor, and he works with the project director, staff, and church to address those specific needs. So one unique thing about these child development centers is that not only are they supporting the children that are coming to them, but also their families. So Silas, can you explain how these centers serve the families and the broader communities which in which they're located? Absolutely. I think one of the uniqueness of Compassion's program is to actually focus predominantly on children. However, we just don't stay only on that. We want to make sure that the child's context is actually truly enabling and safe. So we would focus a lot about the family. And it's a two-way approach, if I may say that. At a home level, the child would come to a center for maybe 20 to 40 hours in a week. But the majority of the time is spent in the context of the family. It's 168 hours in a week. There are programs that we have for parents that focus on the household security of the of the of the family, uh, things like income generation, things like savings group, things like uh, parental education. We provide them all of those skills. We ask parents what they would need, and we have special interventions that we give for the families for their ability to be to be able to sustain what they are doing and not be dependent totally but also being able to grow out of them and become resilient for the future. While we do this at the family level, we kind of spread the curtains a little bit bigger, wider, and look at the community context, because the child is brought up in a community. As a saying, right, it takes a village to bring up a child, okay? So if you look at the village context, Compassion also works with the local church and finds out what are the needs. For example, wash, uh, water, and sanitation and health is big. So we ask the, the, the churches to think about, we ask them to do a baseline analysis and say, what all is are the impediments towards good holistic child development? It could be poor water. So they look at putting a bow well, which not only serves one child registered in the program, but the family and the families that may not be part of the program, but enjoy clean water. Toilet facilities in that area for good sanitation, hand washing practices. And then there is also the focus when there is a disaster or a crisis. Compassion steps in and equips the church to focus on relief. That is not a one-time band-aid solution, but leading them towards resiliency. How can they face it if it comes again into the future? So Compassion's program is working with the church to equip the church and to see differently to approach things differently and to also manage so that the family and the community are being moved out of extreme poverty and there is transformation so that children can truly live out their God-given potential. So to put this into perspective a little bit with relation to Kehi, how many people would you say that the Kehi support of these child development centers impacts? In looking at the 11 centers in Honduras and the one center in Guatemala, by my count this morning, there are over 2,500 children that are currently being served through those 12 child development centers. And at Compassion, we use rough math. Some, Some are more, some are less in terms of family members, but we say for every one child, 
four family members are brought along. And so when you do that math, we're at over 12,500 people who are directly and positively impacted by the presence of the child development centers. But to Silas's point, it extends beyond that because the church doesn't just say, oh, you're in, you're out, depending on who the participants are. The church is in that community, serving the community. So whenever there is an intervention that benefits the church partner, it also benefits the community. So I can't say enough about the impact that Kehi's support through these child development centers is having. That's really amazing. It is amazing. And so it's not just 12,000, it might be 12,500 people today, but it's also into the future that these child development centers will be serving more and more children and families to come. So Jeannie, how do the centers that KHE Care supports and then the child sponsorships that KHE employees participate in fit together? Yeah, Adrian, that's such a good question. And so when you think about it, the support for the centers, first of all, is vital because we consider it or in American terms as seed money. It's like a capital investment that is poured into the church to equip them to serve these children. It is a one-time investment and it opens the center, if you will. Then the sponsorship support is what is given monthly. As Silas was saying, we uh, work with an individual child. So child sponsorship support supports an individual child and enables them to attend the center to actually receive the services. So that $38 a month is granted to the church in support of that child and pays for food and education, shoes, just different classes. So one is seed money, one and done capital investment. The other is an annuity and ongoing support, if you will, to enable access for those services. I will say one other cool connection at KHE is that with our serving trips, we annually have an opportunity for employees that participate in the child sponsorship program to actually go and visit one of these CDCs and possibly even meet the child that they're sponsoring, which is just a really cool opportunity to see, you know, the giving that you're uh, incorporating into your life every month and the, the letters that you're writing come into action and then really see what is happening in those child development centers and the effect that KHE's having. So that's that's another just really cool connection that KHE Cares offers employees. These child development centers are, as you just said, transformational and have just a huge impact on the children and the communities that they're in. Do you have any specific stories that you could share about a life transformed because of a center? I do have one. Actually, it's a very recent story. I'm a little I'm still a little raw by the emotion I have when telling this story. It it was in Guatemala. Actually, I was there in March. And uh, this just is a wonderful example of what Silas was saying earlier about children being known, loved, and protected. I met this sweet girl, 15-year-old, 
Her name is Alicia and she was from the mountainous region of Guatemala. And at age 15 in Guatemala, a child can make the choice to go to work. And this family in Guatemala, the higher up you go in elevation, the poorer you are. Alicia and her family lived up high. And to get to her home was a struggle. So we knew immediately how poor this family was. So we're going on a home visit. We meet Alicia and her mom. Her dad is a laborer in the field. So he's gone five days out of the week. And Alicia is giving her testimony. She is in the tailoring program, the vocational training program that uh, when children attend it, they learn a skill, they're able to sell what they make and provide, you know, some support to them and to their family, as well as equip them for something beyond the program. Anyway, Alicia is telling us that she is in the tailoring program. We're asking her what her dreams are. Kids are able to learn to dream. And so she is telling us her dream is to become a nurse and to care for people. So I can tell that as she's telling this story, she is holding something in, holding something back. And in a roundabout way, what we find out was Alicia was just rescued from being trafficked. And what had happened was at 15, she had this burden on her about how poor her family was and wanted to contribute. The way she was contributing was she was sent off three, four hours away, depending on which way you go, to be a servant in a home. The parents didn't know what the home was, what she was doing, who was looking in after her. All they knew, and I'm not begrudging them, it, it, this is poverty. And this is acceptable in culture that they were going to have income to help support the family. So Alicia, at 15, you go to the program once a week on a Saturday. First Saturday comes and goes, Alicia isn't there. Second Saturday comes and goes, Alicia isn't there. All of a sudden, the project director shows up to Alicia's house. Where's Alicia? Is she okay? We haven't seen her. We wanna check in. And when Jamie, the project director, found out that Alicia was in Guatemala City working as a servant, no way, not on our watch. They went to Guatemala City, they brought her back, and they helped the parents understand there was room for Alicia in this vocational training program of tailoring where there was another path to earn income and help support the family. So talk about a life transformed. You know, Alicia is an example that I have a face and a name. How many other 
examples would there be if the church wasn't there to intervene and keep this young, beautiful, vibrant woman who has a plan and a purpose for her life within the safety and protection of the church and also help the family understand this is not acceptable. Like while it is cultural, that doesn't mean it is acceptable. So that, I tell you, that just really sticks with me. And um, it is a beautiful model of how the church knows, loves, and protects that child, knows every one of them. There were more than 350 kids at that project, and we went after the one. That's unbelievable. I mean, just the impact that you're able to have or that compassion is able to have in each of these locations and, you know, helping these kids that we, I mean, we can't fathom the things that happen in these areas, but to know that there's an organization out there that Kehi is supporting and helping to be able to do things like this. I mean, that, that just says so much. Yes, it does. Well, Jeannie and Silas, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast episode. Hopefully everything that you have shared with us will really give employees a better perspective on the impact that the work that they're doing every day is having around the world. And like the story, you know, that you told Jeannie, it's it's not small, a small impact. It's big and it's on individuals, you know, real people. Yeah, it's a privilege. Thank you. Yes. And, you know, Adrian, it boils down to something very simple. And it's like your work matters. Your work matters. It matters to the individual child. It matters to that family. It matters to that community. So thank you. Thanks, Jeannie. Thanks, Silas. To our KHE employees, like all the work that KHE Cares does, it would not be possible without the hard work that you do every day. So thank you for supporting organizations like Compassion and the children in Honduras and Guatemala. Mm-hmm.